And let's jump into what we got today. We're going to move quick, man. And, and it's Super Bowl Sunday here at TC. And we, you know, if you've been here before, you know we just try to go over the top for no reason about anything. So, um, man, we want to jump. What in, how many guys know that in the, in the game of life, you don't have a choice but to play it? Come on, somebody. Like, you, you're gonna, you, can, you don't have to win, but you're going to play no matter what you do. And so today we want to talk about how we can win playing on God's team uh, in life and how many guys want to win? Where are my winners at? <laughs> right? how, how many of y'all just like extra competitive for no reason? Where y'all at? That's my wife, all right? All five foot two, blonde hair, blue eyed version of her. She's like, we can't play against each other in any game because it gets heated, turns into an argument. There's a lot of apologies later. I got to buy her a gift. It's too expensive. So we just don't compete against each other in anything. Uh, but man, we love to compete. Um, and man, I, I want to be a winner. If I'm playing your nephew who's four years old in ping pong, I'm trying to win. Come on, somebody. Like, ain't fit to lose to your four-year-old, okay? So um, I'm here to win, and, I, and if I'm going to win in anything, I want to win uh, in life, and I want to win in the game that God has destined for me to win in. And today, we want to talk about, you, talk about that with you. So take out your notes. You should have got them on the way in the door. Number one, man, what's the first thing that we have to do? So we're going to go over a list of things that we have to do to win on God's team, to win in this game of life, to win in what we're doing. Number one is you got to study the playbook. you got to study the playbook. I know so many people, man, they come to us and they're looking for help. They're looking for advice and, and they want to know, hey, man, how, do I, how can I get better at this? Can I tell you something? This right here is our playbook. And how many of you guys have ever heard like the, the B-I-B-L-E things, like basic instructions before leaving earth? Any of you guys ever heard that before, right? It's a lie. Don't believe it, okay? Here's, my, here's why I want to tell you. Because in this book, if, if you look at this book as a list of instructions of things that you should and shouldn't do, when you nail it, you'll think you're awesome, and when you fail, you'll think God hates you. And that's how I grew up with religion. Come on, somebody. Like when, when you're nailing it, everything's good, but when you fail, like you're the worst person in the world. This isn't a book of instructions. This is a manual, and it's, it's, this is a list of testimonies of how God always comes through no matter what. And we need to start reading the Bible the way the Bible was written, and that is to make Jesus the hero, not us, and to testify that he always wins and every time he competes. And if he's competing for you, then you've already won. You just got to study the playbook. Come on, somebody. And so we want to understand that you got to study the playbook, but you got to understand the difference between reading and studying. See, some of us just want to roll through a chapter a day, but we don't want to get into what the Bible is communicating to us. I mean, it's important that we study it. Let's jump into 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says that all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be competent and equipped for every good work. In other words, what, what, what this book communicates to us, what the Bible does in us, as we read it, it transforms us and prepares us to be everything that God has destined you to be so that your greatness will not be your greatness, but it will be his greatness in you. And when you win, it's because he wins. The thing is, he never loses. So when you're playing on his team, you've already won if you can just study the playbook. Listen, that was, a, that was an opportunity for an amen. You'll get a few more later. So if y'all ain't jumping on board, no, but we got to study the playbook. Psalms 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And people come to us sometimes and they'll say, Pastor, I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm like, well, have you opened the book? Well, yeah, no, I just want you to tell me. Well, that ain't how it works, friend. 
God wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. This game of life, this thing that you're in, whether you like it or not, whether it's going your way right now or not, but God can turn some things around. But he wants to light your path and show you where you're going to go. Next, you got to study the playbook. The next thing, you got to be at practice. You got to be at practice. How many of y'all ever seen somebody win a championship, but they never showed up to practice? It ain't never happened. Because you got to show up to know what the team is doing so you can know what your role is to fulfill the call of God on your life. we got so many people, they want to be victorious in life, but they don't want to show up. Talking to one of our men yesterday and talked to him, and I just said, listen, the the thing is, is you want God to start changing the consequences of your decisions, but you don't want to change your decisions. How about you start making different decisions, and we'll see how God works itself out in you. So we can't... We have to find ourselves knowing what we're doing, but we got to be at practice. Why? We got to know the voice of our coach. We got to know who's calling plays. We got to know what plays we're running. People come to us, man, Pastor, I don't know my purpose. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. What you're supposed to be doing is making a difference in someone's life. And we tell you how to do that every Sunday, whether you're at practice or not, to hear what you're supposed to be doing is on you. You want to know why you live a life without fulfillment? It's because you don't show up to put in the reps when everyone else is showing up putting in the work. That was your second chance. Okay. So we got to be at practice, man. You can't just show up on game day thinking you're just going to win because you're awesome. How many guys know the enemy is strategic at coming against your life? How many of you know for whatever reason he's got your card? How many of you know if it's you against the devil, you're going to lose every time? But if it's God in you against the devil, you can win. The thing is some of us just want to try to fight the devil on our own strength and on our own time and in our own way, but then we can't figure out why we keep losing. And man, it's time that we start winning, but it's time we start winning because we're showing up to hear what God wants to do in us and through us. I know one thing, man, when I started, when I started paying attention to the Bible, it said fix your eyes on things that are above. I started just listening to my coach constantly. I started listening to what God had for me constantly. And I started striving for everything that God had for me. And I stopped looking at all the stuff around me. All I did was stay focused on everything that God spoke in my life. He promised me he was going to do this and this and this. And I started running after that with everything I had. And I noticed I didn't have time to lose because all I was focused on is winning. And here's the deal, because this is what I want to help you all understand. Winners focus on winning. Losers focus on winners. I'm going to say that again because some of y'all, I said winners focus on winning, but losers focus on winners. In other words, losers always trying to, they're trying to chase a person, but winners are trying to chase the win. And, man, we need to stop looking around us at what's going on around us and start looking to God for what he wants to do in us because he called us to win. Man, we got to be at practice. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. He gave the fivefold ministry to the church. Why did he give it to the church? I want you to say these next few words with me. To equip the saints. Let's try that again. To equip the saints. You know what that means? That my job as a pastor is not for you to come on Sunday, hear something good, and go home and try to work it out till next Sunday when you come back and I give you something else good. That's not how this works. My job as a pastor is to lead you along a road of righteousness to be more like Christ through this word so that you can become equipped to do ministry yourself. God didn't call you to sit on the bench. He called you to be in the game. 
That means some of us need to start reading the playbook, showing up to practice, figuring out what our role is and getting on the team and stop talking about why we ain't playing and start focusing on what God wants to do in us and through us. So we got to focus on that. Let's keep going. For the work of ministry, right? So to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, right? What does that mean right there? What he's trying to say is that, man, we're trying to accomplish something as a team, Listen, I don't want all of you on the team. We got a team thing that we're trying to accomplish here. There's a work that the Lord has called us to. Don't get caught up on individual things that, that are good things but aren't right things. God has a destiny and a purpose for you. He wants to fulfill in you. And let me tell you something. People come to us all the time. I was talking with a lady last week, and she said, you know, I just got, I got my feelings hurt by the church, and so I just decided I wasn't going to come anymore. She wasn't talking about this church. She was talking about another church. I said, that's interesting. I said, who did you penalize for that? Like, who, did you prove a point? Because all you did was hurt yourself. I'm sure they had church without you. So you couldn't have been missed that bad. When you, get, when you get your feelings hurt and you try to make the team pay the price, you're the only one that loses. Okay. So for building up the body of Christ, let's keep going, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. God wants to be everything for you and to you. He wants to complete you, but he wants to complete you in his fullness, not in some fullness that you build for yourself. He wants to do everything in your life that he wants to accomplish. The thing is, is as you accomplish things, you start to substitute his fullness for what you think is wholeness, but you'll cripple and you'll fall under the disguise that you are something great without God because it's only a matter of time before you lose it. I don't know about you, I've been in positions, man, where I was like, oh, this is going great. Man, life is exactly where I want it to be. Everything's awesome. I'm a rock star. I can't believe I'm doing this. And God is like, okay, zoom, yanks the rug right out from under me. Why? Because God's not going to let success go to my head to where I start thinking I'm great better than I need him in my life. So we got we to gotta be at practice and be on the team, man. Number three, you got to be a team player. You got to be a team player. You need teammates. You need people in your life. How many of you guys have ever, how many of y'all woke up on some days and you were ready to kill the game? Like you were like, devil come at me. I got a squirt gun for you right now. Like I'm going to put your fire out. Anybody ever wake up like that some days? But how many of y'all know there's other days where you wake up like, can I even get out of this bed right now? Right? Or you wake up and, and you're ready to go, man. You think everything's going to be great. And then the boss calls you in the office and you get rode up, right? And, and the eviction notice hits your door, right? And then you come out, your car's got a flat tire. And the coffee machine is broke at McDonald's that you came to. Come on, sir. Life is getting rough. Right? And we start to, man, and, and life starts, it doesn't go our way throughout the day. And here's the beauty, folks, of being on a team. Is there are some days, there are some days that I get to, I, I get to, run the ball in life and, and God calls a play where I get to carry and I get to, I get to do great things. But even on those days, the only reason I can do great things is because I got people in my life blocking off the enemy for me. See, the, 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 the word says that he's like a lion seeking whom he may devour. He's out to steal, kill, and destroy. The purpose, God doesn't, or the enemy is not worried about taking your life from God. He just wants to stop your purpose in life of being fulfilled by God. 
And so if he can stop your purpose, he can stop you. He knows he's not, he ain't going to get you because you belong to God. If you're in the kingdom, you belong to God. He's not trying to get you. Now he just wants to stop you. And he has convinced many of us the lie, which is that we don't need other people in our life. I'm good all by myself. No, you're not. Because there are some days I wake up and I'm good, man. I'm, I'm ready to run this thing. I'm ready to carry the ball. I'm ready to go after what God has for me. But even on those days, I need some people out front doing this number right here, blocking off. Here comes a fiery dart from the enemy, man. No, 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 we ain't having this right now. I got brothers like Adam and Anthony and Juwan and Tim and those guys. I mean, when, when things start to come against me, I, text, I send them a text message. Tremaine, I send them a text message. Hey, guys, things ain't going well today. I need you to pray for me. And they text me back, got you, pastor. I got you. I'm going to pray for you. And as they, as they start doing that, what they're doing is they're blocking off what the enemy is trying to throw at me so I can carry this purpose to where I've got to go. And I can take this to the bank because I know God's going to win when I'm on his side. Come on, somebody. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? But there's some days you ain't meant to carry the ball. There's some days you're meant to block too. And when you're not in a small group, you get conceited thinking life is all about you. Hmm. What happens when you're not in fellowship with other believers what happens when you're not in true relationship with people is you forget that they have problems too and you start thinking you're the only one walking this earth. Poor, pitiful you. And you forget that some people would relish in the thing that's tearing you down because their life isn't going the way they want it to go. Why? Man, we got to get on the team. We need to show up, man. I love small groups. After every service, or after this service today, after last service, we had a party at these tents. Man, people are signing up for small groups. They're getting into relationship. Why? Because they want people to speak into their life. They want something to change in them, and they know they can't do it on themselves. They can't block for themselves and run the ball. They got to have some people on their team blocking for them. And so, man, we want you, I want to encourage you, join a small group and get plugged in. Acts 2, 42 says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Now, listen, bro, we break some bread around here. Y'all know what I'm talking Hey. Y'all know what I'm talking about? We, we get some fellowship going on in here with some bread breaking, especially if it's got some, if it got some cheese on it and some sauce, some pepperoni. Come on, man, look, y'all... But listen, what, he's, what they're talking about there is that, man, that, that they commit themselves to the teaching because we need to be in groups. I don't know about you guys, sometimes I get off track, right? Sometimes things, either things are going so bad, I, forgot how, I forget how powerful it is, or things are going so good that I forget I still need God. I know that's just me and three other people, but the rest of y'all will catch up. But we have to have people in our life to speak the teaching of Christ into us. No, no, no. On your best day, it's your best day because God graced it to be your best day. And on your worst day, it's still not your worst day because you still got the grace of God in your life. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. I need some people. I had someone uh, speaking to my life just the other day. It's actually been a few weeks ago now, but they were in my small group and I was just going through something at this particular season in life and and all they did was quote a scripture to me, but that scripture kind of came alive in my mind and in my heart. And, and it's something I chewed on for a while. Why? Because, because Romans 10, 17, faith, faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of Christ. 
And I was encouraged in my faith because I was a part of a group where someone spoke into my life and they encouraged me about what God had already spoken over my life. And so we need to be in those environments. Number four is my favorite one. Don't get distracted by the cheerleaders. Don't get distracted. Man, look. I played football. I remember playing football when I was young. I don't know who thought that it was appropriate to put 11, 12, and 13-year-olds on a football field with 11, 12, and 13-year-old cheerleaders off to the side. Every game was zero to zero because we were all just like, oh, look over there. Don't get distracted by the cheerleaders. What do you mean by that, Pastor? Okay, I'm not literally talking about, well, maybe, but um, <laughs> I, I remember in, I was sitting uh sitting at a restaurant a little while back, and uh, are any of you guys people watchers? You just watch other people sometimes? My wife has to hit me sometimes because I don't even like try to hide it. I'm just like. <laughs> She's like, get out of their conversation. I'm like, oh, mm, my bad. <laughs> so um, I'm really bad about people watching, just like jumping into people's conversation. I'm the dude that like someone will be talking about something that I know something about. I'm like, oh yeah, 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 what you gotta do is this. They're like, who is this guy just walking in our conversation? <laughs> So I do that sometimes, and, but I was, I was at a restaurant the other day, uh, and I was people listening. It was, a, it was two ladies behind me, and uh, this one lady was talking to the other lady, and she was saying, you know what? I'm, a just, I, I'm, I'm just tired. I'm just leaving my husband. I'm just leaving him. And I was like, oh, this don't sound like a, a Jason's Deli conversation, but okay. I mean, whatever, you know. And, um, and her friend was like, you do that, girl. You just go. Leave him. And I, I remember sitting there thinking, like, man, don't, don't listen to that lady. Like, listen, I'm not saying there's not, like, certain situations where things happen. So don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But every person that's for you isn't for your purpose. Like, you need to have people that speak truth to you, but not, all, not always your cheerleaders. Because every person that's cheering for you isn't always cheering for what God wants for you. They're just cheering for you and what you want in your life. You need to have some people on your team that come to you and say, hey, listen, I don't know if that's a good idea. Hey, you're doing that wrong. Hey, you need to stop. You need to change some of those things in your life. That over there, that ain't good. You need to fix that, man. Because if you do that during the game, that's going to hurt. You need some people in your life to speak truth, not just cheerleaders who are going to cheer you on while you're losing. I got friends right now, man, when, when we try to speak truth to their life, they go fishing for cheerleaders on Instagram and Facebook. Post this picture real quick so I can get some likes, so I can feel better about myself because my boys just spoke truth to me and it hurt my feelings. You need to have people speaking truth into your life. Some people that will hold you accountable, man. Don't get distracted by the cheerleaders. I put this quote down, man. I tweeted it out a while ago. Whatever puts you on top is what you'll need to stay there. If words of people put you on top of your mountain, you'll do anything to keep words of people to put you there again. In other words, you will do things that go against your character, against your integrity, against the word of God. You'll do any of those things so that you can get more likes or you can get more people commenting on you, more people giving you affirmation. You will deny God's character in your life just to make sure people like you again. 
Whatever you did to get on top is what's going to keep you. That's why on the side of our stage right here in this hallway that none of you can see, there's a poster that says it's a privilege to be on this stage. Thank you, God, for choosing me. Why? Because there's no point in time that when I get done preaching, I don't walk past that poster and put my hand on it. And when I'm about to preach, I don't walk past that poster and put my hand on it. Our worship team walks past that poster every time they're about to walk on the stage and they walk past that poster every time they get off of this stage. Why? Because we know people mean well. They're going to come up to you and say, good job, Pastor. That was a great sermon. That's a reminder to say, no, this ain't got nothing to do with me. This is the fact that God has chosen me to do something in this house. Because words, and I appreciate, I think, listen, I'm not trying to say don't say good job to people. Do what you need to do all those things. Be an encourager. I'm fine with that. What I'm saying is if you don't do that one Sunday, it's not going to break my heart because I'm doing what God called me to do. I'm not doing it because other people said good job. And we need to get to the point in life where we can go a week or two without someone giving you a thumbs up. Because there are sometimes you got to walk through life alone for a little while. Next, you got to trust your quarterback. You got to trust your quarterback. You got Jesus throwing the ball, man. And he's never lost. Never lost a game. Never missed. He puts the ball exactly where it needs to be every time it needs to be there. So, man, you got to trust your quarterback. Psalms 9:10. And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Man, when you put people on a route, when Jesus puts you to run a play, you can trust. He's already been there before. He's already won that game before. I think of it like Moss when he came to the Patriots. He he didn't have to question Tom Brady. It's like, man, we just run out here and catch these footballs. I know he, he knows what he's doing. He's been in these games before. Right? Some of y'all Patriot fans are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Simmer down, simmer down. Why? Man, we got to understand Jesus has played these games before. He's already been to the Super Bowl of life, right? I can already, listen, all I got to do is go back through the book and I can see where he won with Job, where he won with Daniel, where he won with Noah, where he won with Joseph, where he won. Like, he's already got the track record to prove he's going to win in your life. All you got to do is study the playbook, get on the team and start showing up to practice. All you got to do is get in the game. All you got to do is trust your quarterback. All you got to do is show up. You got to start putting your faith in the fact that Jesus has already won for you. It's not that you got to check all the check boxes of all the right things you got to do so that you win is that Jesus has already won for you. All you got to do is run the play that the quarterback is calling so that you can walk in your purpose that God has for you. And then lastly, my boys are going to come up here and help me. This last one is you got to run the play. You got to run the play. Give it up for Anthony and Tim, my boys. Hey. So here, let me, help, let me help you out for a second before they, before they jump in. I want you to picture this football for a second. I want you to picture this is your purpose. This is your vision. This is, your, this is God's provision in your life. This is your financial provision. This is your health. This is what you need God to give you. This is everything that you wish or are praying for. This is everything that God has promised you already. This is everything that you're looking for in life that God wants to bring into your life. Not the stuff you're looking for that God don't have for you. There's some of the things you need to mark off your list. This is everything that you want from God, okay? So, Anthony, I want you to throw that ball to Tim. Go on, Tim. I want you to throw that ball to Tim. Now, now, how many of y'all, that didn't work out very well? Now, why why didn't that work out very well? JC, hand me that ball right there, bro. 
Come on back here, Tim. How many of you know that didn't work out? Because Tim was running the wrong play. And here's what I've noticed about people in the kingdom of God when it comes to vision, when it comes to purpose, when it comes to resources, when it comes to what God wants to do in our life. Is that when God calls the play, we, sometimes we don't like it. So we just decide we're going to go our own way. But here's the deal is God is constantly releasing provision in your life. He's constantly releasing resources in you. He's constantly ready to give you everything that you need to accomplish the vision and the will of God in your life. He, he, he's ready. He's got it loaded. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He don't need money from anybody to give you some. Listen, God can give you everything that you need in your life, and he's already releasing it into your life. The problem is, as we start looking around and going, man, the Joneses got their new car. How come I got my new car? You know, what? I'm going to just take a left right now. And we take off, and we don't put ourselves in a position to catch everything that God wants to give us. We start looking at the people around us. We start looking at how, how come I haven't caught my football yet? How come I haven't caught my provision yet? How come God hasn't given me what I need in my life yet? How come God hasn't come through with what I want yet? How come God hasn't done this? How come God hasn't done that? And the problem is we're not putting ourselves in a position to win. We're putting ourselves in a position to catch the ball where we think we should get it, not where God told us to run to get it. Let's try that again. Uh-oh, uh-oh, pressure's on. Oh! I feel, I feel like we need to... So what they, that was a reenactment of the Eagles this afternoon. You want to go for one? We want to go for one? How many of y'all think we're going to go for one? Yeah, let's put the hands together. Let's try it again. Here we go. Pressure's on. Pressure's on. This ain't high school no more. There it is. Thank you, guys. Here's what I want you to understand, folks, as we wrap this up. Here's what I want you to understand. See, this is everything that God has promised you. For some of you, God has promised you. Uh, he's promised you things that you hadn't even seen fulfilled yet. Maybe it's a healing in your life. Maybe it's a financial miracle that you've been looking for. Maybe it's provision. Maybe it's an emotional thing. You've been, you've been walking through a dry land for a year or two years or five years, and you feel like you haven't broke through yet. God, the, everything that you're looking for, God already has for you. He already has an answer for you. He already has provision for you. He's already presented the solution to everything that you're looking for. The problem is, this is what we try to do. We try to wait, run 10 yards, and then we want to catch our provision right now. The problem is you might get that provision, but you're not going to win with it. What God wants to do is put you in the end zone of life so that when he throws the ball, you catch it where he needs you to catch it. And what happens is God is in a constant state of providing provision for you. And every time he tells you to go, he's already put the provision in the air. Tim didn't get to where he was going and wait for the ball. As he was running, the ball was already coming. And he met the provision in the end zone to win the game. Come on, somebody. Y'all picking up what I'm throwing down? And what we want to do is we want to run to a spot, stop, wave our hands at God and say, why haven't you thrown the ball yet? And God's saying, because you hadn't got where you need to catch it yet. See, the thing is, is, some of us need to get ourselves into a position not to just catch the provision, but to win the game. 
is not enough. See, because there's opposition coming against you. You catch that thing and you still got 20 yards to run, the enemy is going to meet you somewhere along the way. He's going to cause a fumble in your life. He's going to tackle you short of winning. He's going to tackle you short of that touchdown. And some of you are trying to figure out why you ain't winning. The reason you're not winning is because you're asking God to give you something before you are meant to have it. Don't run and wait for God to throw you something. Keep running and keep going after God until you're in the position to catch what's already in the air. God wants to meet you with provision. He wants to meet you with your miracle. He wants to meet you with your breakthrough. But you can't stop and wait on it. You got to keep running. Because God has already called this play before. See, some of you, some of you, you lost everything. You had a great life, but you lost it all. Well, God's already won that game before. His name was Job. And he lost it all, but God gave him back more than he ever lost. See, some of us, we feel like we're getting attacked. We feel like we're in an environment that's not fair. We feel like, God, what is this? This is not what I asked for. This is not what I was hoping for. This is not what I prayed about. But the thing is, he's already won that game. His name was Daniel, and it was in a lion's den. And even though he was in an environment that he didn't feel was fair, God gave him protection, and he walked him through it. See, some of us want to wonder why we're coming up against this humongous thing in life and we don't know how we're going to beat it because it's so big. But God's already won that game. His name was Goliath and he gave David a stone and a slingshot and he took down the giant. What you have to understand is the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun that God hadn't already battled and won. In other words, he's already beaten your giant. He's already, he's already beaten your lion's den. He's already given back everything. The provision you're looking for is in the air. All you gotta do is run to the end zone to catch what God has in your life. He's ready to do it. We have to be ready to run the route, run the play, get to where God wants you to be so that he can put this provision, he can put this miracle, he can put this breakthrough and it can land right in your hands. And you can fall down at the farthest corner of the end zone with both toes on the ground and you stand up and you celebrate winning on God's team. How many of you are ready to win on God's team? Amen. Bow your heads with me. I want to pray for, I believe some of us are, we're in a position where we're, we're looking for God to do something in our life. We're, we're, maybe we're coming up against a giant. Maybe we feel like we're surrounded like a lion's den. Maybe we feel like we've just lost everything and we don't think it's fair. Some of you out there right now, you're saying, Pastor, I've been looking for provision. I've been looking for that miracle. I've been looking for that thing. And I ain't found it yet. Keep running. Because God's already got it in the air to meet you right where you need to catch it. Don't turn left. Don't get off course. He called the play. You got to read the playbook. You got to show up to practice. You got to be on a team in a small group. You gotta trust your quarterback, have faith in who God is. You gotta run that play because your life and other people's lives depend on it. If you're in this room and saying, Pastor, I need, uh, I need some encouragement. Problem is I've been running for a long time. I've been running the plays and I've caught a few. God's definitely come through. 
but I'm just tired. Tired of looking around and seeing every other receiver catching what they need. Sometimes I ain't catching what I need. Or maybe God's always been faithful, but this particular route has taken a toll on me. And I need God to re-energize me. I need some encouragement. I need a new breath. I need a time out. Folks, I want to pray for you today. If that's you, I just want you to, you don't have to do anything. I just want you to hear these words and receive this prayer. Father, I pray for every person that's in this room. God, where they've become weary and tired. God, where you've, you've come through, you've proven that you can win, but we're just exhausted with where life has brought us. And God, you've been calling the plays and we've been running them as hard as we can, but this particular one you've called us to run seems impossible. God, I pray for encouragement to set into the heart of your people. God, I pray that we, we stand up with a David type of boldness against Goliath. God, we wrap our minds and our hearts around a courage like Daniel in the lion's den, and we grab a hold of the faithfulness like Job to hold true, to say, I may look to the left and I may look to the right and I can't find you. I look in front of me, I look behind me and I don't know where you are, but even in the midst of that, be still, I know that you just passed me by. So God, I pray that you encourage the hearts of those that are weary and tired, but God, I pray that a spirit of victory rises in the heart of your people. That God, you've not lost the game yet. Father, you haven't gone down in the loser circle yet. And even the moment that it felt like you lost, you resurrected three days later and proved that you had won. And so God, we thank you and we pray right now that you prove your faithfulness to your people, that those that are running the playbook, that those that are showing up the practice, that those that are getting on the team, that God, you show your faithfulness, that you never lose the game and that you always come through. We love you today. And we thank you for the provision that's already in the air. If you're in this room and you say, Pastor, I'm not even on the team yet. I know about God, but I don't know God. My life doesn't belong to him. The beauty of the gospel is this, folks. The Bible says that all of us have sinned. There's none righteous. I've sinned, you've sinned. Our sin separates us from God, that we couldn't belong to him. But John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him wouldn't perish but could have everlasting life. And your sin that separates you from God, Jesus paid a price for that. And all you have to do to receive that payment is put your faith in him. Confess out of your mouth that you believe that Jesus is Lord and put your faith in the fact that when he died on the cross, he paid for your sins. If that's you today, you wanna to repent of your sins, turn away from them, never to go back, you want to put your faith in Jesus. You want to be saved today, and you want to know that your eternity is heaven. If that's you today, I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to point you out. I want to pray for you. Would you raise your hand right where you are? I'm not going to embarrass you. I want to be saved today. God bless you. God bless you. Hands are going up. All of God bless you. Once you put your hand up, you can put it down. 
I'm not gonna embarrass you. Are there more? I wanna give my life to Jesus today, Pastor. I wanna be saved. Awesome, here's what we're gonna do. If you're watching us on live stream or if you're in this room and you say, that's me, I wanna give my life to Jesus today. We wanna pray. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Now this prayer doesn't make you saved. All this prayer is is an acknowledgement that you are saved because you have put your faith in Jesus Christ. You have confessed, you turn away from your sins and that Jesus is Lord in your life. And so if that's you today, no matter if it's you or not, we're gonna pray and the whole church is gonna pray with you. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose three days later through your life, through your death, and through your resurrection, I can be saved. I believe in you. I wanna follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Church, put your hands together for all those that prayed that.